0: All right, so we should be recording right about now. Good evening, and welcome to the Cinema Depth Club, the eulogy of the Deaf and Recipes of the History. Tonight, we'll be discussing the film Master and Commander, directed by Peter Weir, starring Russell Crowe, who surely, every time he went up the masts and every time he climbed the rigging and got to the top, somebody said, hey, a crow's nest? More like a Russell Crowe's nest. It's a film about swashbuckling on the seven seas, wherein, during the Napoleonic Wars... Uh, a ship is pursued by a mysterious and malevolent uh, French ship. Uh, it's out to destroy them. That's the plot. But the movie isn't really about that. The movie really is about the importance of maintaining a good vibe. And here to discuss that with me tonight are two seafaring gentlemen. I have a Portuguese gentleman. And by the <laughs> dint of that, he must know the sea. And an Irish gentleman, Irish Czech gentleman, I believe uh, Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic is landlocked, but still, uh, I think he might own a canoe. So first, let me talk about uh, my first guest, the returning guest, Helder Mira, a Hartford native who talks too much about being from Hartford, Connecticut, and growing up Portuguese. That is when he's not talking about art, comics, movies, and making movies. He drinks coffee, but not Dunkin' Donuts. He works for Trinity College as a multimedia producer when he's not podcasting with his podcast, uh, So Pretentious. He does not have a SoundCloud, though, and he wrote this bio. Hey, uh, what's up? Hey. hey, how you doing? How you Good, doing? how are you? Got
1: Thanks
0: for having for me you?
1: back on, man. This is fun. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Wonderful. Wait,
2: isn't Mahoney Nothing. also part Portuguese?
0: No. No, he's <laughs> Czech and Irish, right?
2: Yeah, uh, check, yes.
0: Well, I mean... <laughs>
1: Oh, it's was your dad that liked Portuguese food. Never mind.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah. wait, hold on. Yeah. Right, so, yes, well, you... Brennan Mahoney, yeah. are my my other guest tonight, he uh, he also wrote his bio, and I'm not going to give his age. Uh, he resides in Terreville, Connecticut with his cat, wife, and son. He rides his bike, cooks, makes weird music, and works as a lawyer representing consumers. Uh, and he's also uh, just a... Well, both these guys, all around swell fellows, and I'm I'm delighted to have them on. So, uh, hi guys, how you doing?
2: Good. How are you? Great. Yeah.
0: Good. I I'm trying to be more formal in my introductions. Oh, sorry,
1: I, I, I screwed that all up. Sorry about that.
0: No, it's all right. I you know I it was not a good idea. You know. So, um, Master and Commander. Uh, I I watched this movie for the first time the other day, and I was afraid to watch this movie before. I've been putting this movie off because uh, well because it's like my my friend who like uh who's a who's a jazz musician he's a professional guitar player told me he was a af- was afraid to get really into steely dan because like everybody all his life told him that he'd be really into steely dan and he never wanted to be that guy but then he like listened to steely dan and he thought it was awesome and i had kind of the same vibe with this movies so i'm like i know this is like kind like this is like history nerd kind of dad movie and 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 i and that's kind of me but i want to i want to see myself in a different light
2: i mean i just saw it for the first time saturday night yeah a week ago yeah and uh well it's funny i mean the reason why i mean i really i don't know if it's uh uncool or not but i really like gladiator like (laughs) really yeah Okay. I, mean, I, I I didn't like the um I didn't like like the way that it's colored because I just hated all that stuff from that era. But like I okay. you know, like epic movies about epic stuff. Um, right, right, right. And I thought Russell Crowe was cool in it. So I was like, yeah, oh, I don't see it. But then my mom really liked <laughs> Master and Commander. Like yeah. she really liked it. And I was like, nah, I'm not gonna do something my mom likes. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I, admit, and I like I like boats. I like history. Yeah, I even like that era of the 19th century. Yeah, um, but then I just never watched it.
0: So yeah, I, I feel I like say, I guess
1: I'm the only one that's the. This is the only time I'm the only one that's watched it multiple times.
2: Well, I've watched it twice now. I watched it on Wednesday too.
1: Oh well, I'm, but I mean, I saw it like when it originally came out in the theater, and ironically enough, or coincidentally enough, I, I did. I always do that uh, coincidentally enough, I had watched it to actually review it on, on my public access TV show then. Um, mm-hmm. so what in like, here I am again watching it to review it again, <laughs> podcast. So either I have fallen right. really low or I don't know, but, uh, sorry, Adam, I interrupted you. So go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, it's fine. I was going to uh, kind of echo Brendan's things. I'm, I'm fairly sure that my dad loves this movie.
1: I don't know if my dad's watched this movie. I mean, it's cause it really does fit like, into the category of films he would enjoy watching but I don't know if like the English language that they're using because I had to turn on the subtitles to read what was happening during certain scenes because of how much noise was happening and the way they talk like the freaking like uh, chef I needed to read everything he said because I couldn't understand a word he said which is part of the character but at the yeah. same time I'm like
2: yeah you're, uh, you you weren't to understand it I don't think
1: <laughs> the whole movie like Tenet um,
2: no, no no just, just the chef <laughs> right,
1: right uh so you know one of the things i was bringing into this conversation i mentioned early right. earlier in our text exchange is that having seen it on like a big epic screen and now i have like a fork like a, a decent size 4k tv but yeah. i'm streaming it now versus like seeing an actual film print which is what yeah. i saw in
0: 2003
1: yeah um it still looks great in epic and it like I was like, wow, this is I'm glad I have this big TV for this versus like my older shittier TV because yeah. it looked great. But streaming it because of the codec of screen of streaming, but also because of the fact I'm going to presume this is what it was. So I'm just going to go like go speculate for no reason. But because of the fact that this wasn't a, a big hit, it never got like the professional, the really good transfer to digital and restoration that it, a film like this deserves. So there's a lot of like murky, like miscolored scenes or at least like not proper like there's uh, the scenes i'm particularly thinking about are the scenes in like when they're eating and and it's all candlelit and it's like it just was like really dull looking versus like the bright colors that it should have been um, yeah
2: i mean I, I, well i don't know and you are far the film expert um compared to me but i thought it was like you kind of, the lighting makes it feel so claustrophobic i mean you're you're yeah. in a boat at night like it's going to be dark and like yeah. crap uh, oh see, I, no no I, that yeah.
1: that's not what i'm talking about what i'm talking about because i agree with you and that is that is wonderful like i love that stuff i mean specifically like there's like a, a faded look that wasn't quite like time like the blacks weren't rich the like oh, the, the color like like they weren't like popping the way they should have been or at least like as muted like it would just looked really washed out i guess is the better way to because when the, like there's those great scenes at night that like look great um i, I like there's some really just beautiful cinematography and if i could the cinematographer is also from australia with yeah. uh, with peter weir and yep. shot a lot of his films i mean he shot europe he shoot Page. gallipoli uh i was looking to see if yes he did he shot gallipoli i think he's pretty right. much he's like so here's here's his gamut He's done all of Peter Weir's films, I think. Yeah. I'm like quickly looking. Uh, he didn't do Truman Show, it looks like. Uh right. the film he made before Master and Commander, Peter Weir. But he did White Man Can't Jump, Forever Young, and Crocodile Dundee 1 and 2. Woo!
2: Wow. It's- so. <laughs> yeah.
1: Operation yeah. Dumbo Drop.
0: Nice. Crocodile Dundee. Uh, I watched it as a kid. I was gonna say it's a really good looking movie, but I don't think I could pull that joke off. <laughs> but um, I Yeah, I don't. I'm, I don't a have a awesome basis. Of, yeah, I don't have a basis or comparison for the transfer, so I have to take your word for it. But I wanted to s- sort of uh, expand on one thing that you mentioned before that this movie was not a hit, and um, I I think that that is
2: surprising well, to a good. lot of I I was trying to figure it out because I mean, it, it,
1: it was not, it it bombed at the, at the box office. And actually I think kind of started the downward uh, trajectory of Russell Crowe's career of like people not taking him as seriously, despite the fact that it was like, like it was critically acclaimed. Like people really uh, liked the movie.
2: I mean, I just, I don't remember from 2000, you know, I just, I know it got nominated for a ton of stuff and then lost to um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, but I, it's funny because it's like everyone I know who saw it liked it. Um, I, you know, yeah, except that one guy my, on Twitter.
0: Well, my, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But my presumption, I think it might be like a Shawshank Redemption kind of thing where it was played on cable TV a lot.
1: Yeah, I think that's what happened. I think like once it hit, like just became kind of like a, a TV or a cable thing. People picked it up there and like really watched it for that and then sort of fell in love with it and uh yeah. like everyone's like because they wanted to make a series of it it's supposed to be like part of a whole
0: Yes, 20 bucks yeah um yeah
1: and you could tell by the ending which i do love and i don't oh, want to
2: the ending is, yeah the ending is like it's it was almost like a cliche like let's get ready to go for part two
0: <laughs> right yeah yeah the joker escaped
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and uh are the books popular like I the book bu- no idea. I've never heard of anyone reading the books, but
0: I think a lot of like people are dad's age. Like yeah. loved those books. I and mean, I, I think
1: don't, I don't know anybody, but that's what I'd always heard.
0: I'm, I think of like my dad has read all those books. I remember um, reading an interview with um, the Ron Swanson actor, that guy, Nick where Cofferman? he was talking. About, yeah. He was talking about how much he loved those books. So I think like there, that's, I think that's like the milieu kind of, artsy you know learned but manly men really like these this series of books that
1: makes sense because one of the people i follow on twitter
2: is uh, 20 years for like tom clancy
0: i think it's like tom clancy but less fascist you know no. And, no. Also to, and also i think like tom clancy broke way more into the mainstream too
1: because of like contemporary stuff though yeah, like, I don't think enough people are. And, you know, I don't know how this deals with the colonialism and the like, uh, slight racism of some stuff. It was pretty white. Yeah, well,
0: yeah. I mean, this is historical fiction, so there's only you know there's like a ceiling to how popular it can be. But right. you know, I think this is like the most popular of its type. Oh, you know? of
2: of, of uh, naval historical <laughs> drama.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Na- naval historical uh Fiction, like if I, I I was glancing at the Wikipedia page for this for the movie and the books, and they're really funny because it's like clearly somebody who's too much of a fan got some edit power because he was like you know and you know uh, he met when they mention this one woman she's really Lord Brickenbash I'm like oh come on who gives a shit
1: is that like the mother of the kid that loses his arm I, I don't know I think like, she's whatever. the only woman that gets named I'm
0: a cool pe- I'm a cool person who doesn't care about this shit. <laughs> Uh no, you're but it's, not yeah, for like a like, historian nerd, I well I am, but I'm like in, uh, for a different kind of history. Like my my dad really likes this era of history, and I get it, but it's also sort of like I was watching it, and I know just in I know a little bit about the Napoleonic Wars and stuff, and um you know, <laughs> I'm watching it. It's sort of uh. I'm a radicalized uh, Irish-American, so I watch it, and I'm like, oh, oh you English Tory scum, I hate <laughs> you. Know? And I'm like, you know, so I'm like, think, you. Know, I'm like, I, oh, actually, no, I'm, I, have no, I my rooting interest is with the French on this because they try to help the Irish Rebellion, even though they fucked up and whatever. But those, those are my guys in the movie, even though you never really meet them. But I was rooting for those guys.
1: Now that you brought that up, uh, that was one of the things that I really, really liked about how they – uh, dealt with the French ship where it just is this weird phantom. You don't ever get to really see their point of view at all. You only see them at one point later on when they finally, you know, board the <laughs> ship. Um yeah. but they're just like it's it's got that um feeling from Steven Spielberg's uh what's the one with the truck that you never see the the driver.
2: Dual. Dual.
1: Dual, right. You know, and, and almost like Jaws where you don't actually see the monster yeah. until the very end. Um that I remember thinking that in the in theater when i saw it and watching it again last night uh or wednesday night whenever like just reminded of like Mm -hmm. that that was such a beautiful way of like crafting that story and telling that because you you so so much part of the ship of our ship are are, uh surprised (laughs) that like you kind of have this mystic like and there's that whole thing about the jonah and like all the like seafaring mysticism that goes into it and and, right um, right right uh, superstition
2: that's like the i i guess would be like the um like the moby dick sort of theft is like
3: mm, yeah. you know
2: the, the, the white whale is like personified but it's personified only through like somebody's imagination about you know right. basically like animating the 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 whale into this
0: um this frenchman
2: and this almost like you know bigger thing than like than, than the whale is and that sort of happens with the boat because like why is he do- so doggedly catching uh, chasing this right i mean that i mean that, which is sort of like the fundamental thing that's funny about the movie is like you don't really have any idea except for the text um in the credits at the beginning like why does anyone care about this other boat like
0: yeah. And even he seems to dismiss the idea of care of uh, Russell Crowe's character. seems to dismiss the idea of caring about it. Cause he's like, well, we go back to England. Maybe peace will have broken out. I'm like, well, what's the point, man? People are dying here. Why are you being such a dick?
1: Right. Like, and that comes after like, he's lost a bunch of his crew, had to sacrifice one into the ocean. Yeah. yeah.
0: Had
1: to like lost another to suicide. I feel.
0: Yeah. I which very about funny. That. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah. The guy who commits suicide, uh, that little rat face looking dude. But like, so like the first like hour of the movie is just like him vibing, you know, and That's just like funny. him, like kind of being like this uh, Ibiza DJ slash soccer coach, where it seems like like his most important job on the ship is like making sure everybody kind of has a good time, you know, like that, that the vibe doesn't drop. And then, you know, but you know that they can't do that through the whole movie because i watched this movie in like three segments you know and i was like oh you know they're not going to make this old. there's going to be a dark section it's going to a challenge
1: i would forgotten about the dark ses- section and like i'd gotten to a point where i'm like wow i remember this movie being long but <laughs>
0: oh really. super long it was too long i thought
1: yeah, i mean the whole bit on the galapagos you didn't care for that come on
0: <laughs>
1: I, I, I
2: mean i mean i don't watch a lot of movies so like it's a big Yeah, movie, so i wanted to be real long when i watch them
0: <laughs> Is that <laughs> true? Is that true, Brendan? You really want like a long movie if you're gonna watch a movie?
2: Yeah, like I mean, The Irishman. That was
1: <laughs> that was ridiculously long, and I saw that at Cine Studio.
0: Like
2: <laughs> I watch it, I watch The Irishman, but I watch it in two segments. But I think you're supposed to, right? It's like um no,
1: not know, according to Martin Scorsese. You need to no, like no, no, and no. suffer. Throw-
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Well, I'll rewatch it then it, it, it one fell swoop.
1: <laughs> I, I did. I actually sat through that in one fell swoop. Uh, I like did like I released the bladder beforehand, making sure I didn't drink enough beforehand, so I wouldn't like have to go in the middle of the movie. That is a, a ridiculously long movie that should have been trimmed down a lot, and they should have really had a younger actor for for uh, for Robert De Niro at some point because that shit was
0: ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't come here to badmouth uh, the Irishman. That's what an Irishman would say. Yeah, well, that's what he did say. Oh, yeah, that—that's actually there's a lo- that's a weird line in this in uh, Master and Commander, like, um, Paul Bettany's the the gay doctor character, like he's supposed to be like an, an Irish Dr. guy, Dr. Stephen. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Stephen, um, an Irish guy, and, is not
1: an Irish brogue. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it was very interesting. The least Irish, but but at some point he says something I didn't really catch it. I rewound it, but I still didn't catch it. And he's like. And then Russell Crowe was like, oh, you're talking like an Irishman. And then he's like, well, I am an Irishman. I'm like, what What the fuck, man? What? What? What is the context of this? <laughs> it, it was, I think that was
1: clearly meant to be like that whole thing which you were talking about earlier, that idea of like the difference between the British and the Irish and, and the officers that are clearly the like upper crust Brits um, yeah. and Englishmen versus like everyone else that's getting to be sacrificed uh, off the masts and everything. Um, yeah. Can we talk about that beautiful opening scene though, that like out of nowhere attack that just like devastates this boat and how they're able to.
0: Right. Yeah. I do want to talk about that. uh, But I wanted to get back to something Brennan said before is he made a connection with Moby Dick and he, and you, that was an astute connection connecting like this sort of uh, obsession, this, you know, that destroys the ship and everything This Mm. this quixotic exception uh, obsession. But the other connection with Moby Dick, I think is the interest in, detail about um being on a ship Mm. so so like yeah like in Moby Dick and the thing that turned me off from Moby Dick you know as as um as Fred File to to steal his great line I think it's the the worst great book um and and like uh, because at the time people were really interested in what goes on on these whaling ships what's that all about so you have like long detailed explanations of rigging and you know uh cooking oil and whatever and uh there is a lot of that in master and commander especially in the early scene like you see you go through the ship you go through the ship's hull mm-hmm. and like you see like they have livestock on it and you see that where these men are like these very like telling details about it is that is that something that echoed with you having read Moby Dick Brandon
2: Yes and I mean I disagree I I like Moby Dick and specifically for the uh, I don't know didactic nature of um, <laughs> maritime life and mechanics. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool, and, and I actually liked in the like showing the way that they um, they pump the bilge when it's taking on water. Mm. I thought that was yeah. cool. well. Um, and that's at the beginning, but also after the ship is, um, uh, you know, basically. Disabled by the battle, I thought the re- the the rebuilding at sea was actually f- was pretty cool. Oh yeah, awesome. that was, yeah, that was awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. so, and,
2: so yeah, I mean, and and I mean, it's a good like ten minutes of like working on a boat and yeah. kind of like how they are working that out logistically, and you know that's I think it's cool. I, I think it's I think it's um you know it doesn't drive the plot, but it makes no. for a visually compelling. Element and it also, um, it also, you know, it, it's it like Moby Dick. It's insight into something that you'll probably never participate in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, will, I will never be on a a circa was it eighteen ten? I think this takes place. Uh yeah. boat like it's impossible, and everything that's left is just like, you know, is a copy of that. That's just for
1: right, right, right. So well, I was. It. I was going to argue, uh, not argue, but just, uh, as you, um, astutely said, like the idea of like those 10 minutes of just building that boat, rebuilding that boat at sea, like yeah. while it doesn't quote unquote drive the plot, it actually to me does because it shows what these guys are having to go through. Like, you know, that whole, there's, there's, that whole spiel beforehand where they're discussing what they have to do. Like, do they go to port? Do they go home? And they're like, no, we're going to keep doing this. We're going to do it on sea. And it just shows like the intensity of, again, like the obsession of, of, captain Jack needing to do like, get this guy, get his, uh, his Moby Dick. Um, I haven't read Moby Dick. I'm one of those Americans, <clears throat> excuse me. But what I have read is the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pime of Nantucket by Edgar Allan Poe, which inspired and influenced Herman Melville and Moby Dick and Jules Verne. And I was actually thinking of that novel when I was watching it both times. Um, because especially when they reach like certain areas, like these long um, scenes like that, where they're talking about what's happening in the descriptions and Edgar Allan Poe actually was one of his only novels. It was actually his only novel, but he really goes into descriptions uh, about shipbuilding and and being part of the ship. And yeah. And much like, you know, you were just saying, Brendan, like that, that beautiful, like arc of just describing and really like Peter Weir and, and Russell Boyd directing in the cinematography, Cinematography and the editors' uh, names elude me. In the art direction, just really created this like massive ship that like you feel part of. Like just, it's so huge. Like it's well, such a character. It.
0: They built a real ship,
1: right? And it's such a character. A movie. Like, you feel part, like uh, it's wonderful. I love that.
0: Yeah, I and mean, that's so excessive. It's interesting. It's excessive, and you know, but it's cool. I like it. And again, it's sort of it. I think that's sort of like really like pure sugar to like history yeah. dad nerd types, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, Oh, they built a real ship. It's all like period detail. And this is kind of like as realistic as it can be. I and mean, this is, Oh yeah. This is the other thing I want to say besides about being, uh, about vibes. It's also about dudes rocking.
2: Yes. <laughs> this
0: is a hardcore dudes rock movie. There's only like three women in the whole movie and it's like oh, for a 20 second. seconds. Yeah. Well, and it's dude, pretty, it was pretty dude, funny
2: when they do the, um, I think, I don't know if he's playing a violin or a viola, but like the duets that they I do. Like, yeah. I mean, that's dudes rocking especially, you know, yeah. <laughs> play, and then like pissed off pizzicato. Stuff. Like, oh,
1: yeah. I mean, and Paul Bettany with the bass <laughs> there, like, and he picks it up and plays it like a guitar. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. I think well, I spoke uh, over Brendan, Brendan, what were you saying?
2: Oh, how, how, you know, I want that relationship where I have like pissy duets with people and like, you know, that's just, that's fine.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. Like if I had a, you know, if I had a best friend who played mandolin and we just hung out and I played guitar, that'd be awesome. It'd be a really good time. Um,
1: I did, sorry, I do remember like one of the lines that actually was audible from, uh, from Kirik, is that it? The the chef, where like the the minute he starts hearing the like, the music playing is like, oh, if only it was something we could dance to.
0: Yeah, that was pretty funny, too. But yes, yeah, so they did that. And also, um, Brendan, how did you feel about uh, the use of Bach in this movie?
2: Um, I mean, I was neutral. I don't know. I, 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 did, I, I don't think. Well, I, I don't know if it's the use of Bach specifically. The one thing that I was trying to sort of because I've always wondered about this as someone who like has been into chamber music and like went to music school for a bit um like they're like their level of, of 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 uh proficiency on the instrument is like borderline like you know virtuosic yeah and i'm like is that random dudes back then were they that good because like you couldn't get music any other way um I don't know. I, I like really couldn't figure out the usage of music. I kept trying to like figure it out, I, I, and I I, can't, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of that. Uh, it's, well, just like, it's
0: because, like they, I think there's they kind of slip between you know music from the scene and music that's like soundtrack music. So I think every time you hear, I think it's air on the G string, you know, then that's just like soundtrack music. But then when they're playing their duets. That's something different. But yeah, it's interesting too. Cause like, I always thought that, um, yeah, I, I think that I thought that music from that era, like, you know, they, like you get women, you train them to be musicians and part of their job is like domestic, whatever was that, you know, in, in, the aristocracy, like aristocratic women that they would have to have some talent they could show off at, you know, and be like, okay, let's all, you know, gather around the piano to hear, uh, Henrietta play the, bullshit whatever you know to play a takato or whatever but like um which is actually interestingly enough how uh uh, like what we now know as like alternate tunings of guitar like the ones that are used for like blues like old school blues songs it came out of that because those guitar tunings were invented to be easier for women to play them like rich ladies to play them really in that kind of context yeah yeah like the ones that like muddy waters and you know, Howlin' Wolf and, and Robert Johnson, like the like open G-tuning and open D-tuning, that was all invented for like rich ladies to be better to show off, you know, whatever. And uh yeah, afternoon tea parties and shit.
2: Oh, so they would tune it. So they would, so they tune the guitar to fifths instead of fourths?
0: Well, they tune it to an open chord.
2: Oh, so, so you can play bar chords too.
0: Yes. You just, you just, yeah, you just put your your finger down. And that's why it's great for slide.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry, that was a digression. Nothing to do with Russell Crowe.
2: No, well, but I... Or I,
1: shipbuilding.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Can well, you use uh, Elvis Costello's shipbuilding
0: for this?
2: They're made out of wood. So, like, luthiers and, you know, shipbuilders kind of... You yeah. Know, <laughs> talk.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah, this is, like, a movie about building. It's about teams, and it's about being a boss, being a good boss, and, like, kind of being a good manager. And, but the whole thing is that like, uh, everybody loves Russell Crowe and he's the best guy. And everybody knows he's the best guy. And so he's know, and that, of the ship. I was, well, I'm that's, that's what I'm driving to, oh, you know, sorry. cause like everybody loves him and he's, and they're like, and like, uh, Paul Bettany is like, Oh, they'll all follow captain Jack or lucky Jack or whatever. And I was thinking about how funny this would be if it was fucking Ricky Gervais as his <laughs> character from the office. Like the same basic plot, but it's like Ricky Gervais. And instead of everybody being on board with the captain, like everybody was like contemptuous of him. Like you said, basically the same story. I thought that'd be really funny.
1: Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to see that spoof. It's yeah. Well, have you seen the like, SNL spoof of like Lord of the Rings, but it's uh, it's The Office? They did a pretty good job of that one.
0: Nah. Nah. But uh, oh, was, but the, the, so the, yeah, the Lord of the Rings kind of the same year as this movie, but it shares a cast member of Lord of the Rings. The one, the one Hobbit is yes, in this Billy movie. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The other thing I...
0: Yeah, that guy sucks.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you if you got the reference that I said, but it actually uses two, the two actors that played Jarvis from the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, together. I did um,
0: not get that reference. I know Paul Bettany. I didn't know the other person you're talking so about. James
1: Darcy, who plays Tom Pullings, the uh, first lieutenant. That's kind of like all over the place with him. That lead. yeah. That leaves that they then have to go rescue the, in the next movie that will. Yeah, the I gotta
0: I gotta say like b- besides, um, Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany and the One Hobbit, it was just a sea of faces. There are too many dudes for me to remember. That's can they all, be,
2: they all have the same haircut. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like there's the two guys that are like good friends that one dies first and then one dies in the millier at the end. I'm like, so which one died at which point? And they were the right. one brought us the the only one you can like differentiate is the little kid that lost his arm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he's badass at the end when he like, yeah. he comes in with a gun. Yeah. And he shoots the dude. That was awesome. The part, cause you're waiting. Yeah. There's other things. So you're waiting the whole movie. You're like, are they ever going to fight anybody in this movie? <laughs> you know, I mean, is there ever going to have any violence or action? And then it finally comes in and it's like, real. it's pretty good. Uh, it's, and it's pretty good. It's pretty interesting, but it's such like an explosion, such a release at the end. I felt.
2: Yeah, no, that was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, hard to, it's hard to do. I mean, actually, what I thought the movie kind of made a funny point of was, like, if it were, it, you know, if it were a Michael Bay movie, the boats yeah. going impossibly fast and they would catch <laughs> up to each other. Whereas, yeah, 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 It's faithful to the movement of boats, where it's like that guy's on the horizon, we might catch him in <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I
1: love that. Like, <laughs> I
2: shoot cannons, but nothing's happening, and I. And I thought that was actually kind of, um, I liked that. Like it, it was not. Um, you know, I, like
1: You said it's realistic. It is what it
0: was. Like it's it, honest it, it, to what it was. Like
2: CGI and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. no, you got to wait for this. They got to catch them.
0: hope. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, and for a while, I thought there was only one way they would sink a ship. It's like, well, we're going to get behind them and we're going to, and we're going to, and we're going to fuck up their rudder. And that's, and you know, they did that to us. We're going to do that to them. And the whole thing is a challenge of, you know, dr- of, of sailing out a million miles and doing a big concentric circle and getting behind them. And I was like, that's all you do. That's the plan.
1: <laughs> I mean, and it's got all that very nerdy, like, as I think like a couple of them put it at one point, like just the seamanship of like how much, like how specific everything is. And, you know, to someone that's <laughs> never really been on a boat. Yeah. I just was like, "All right, I sort of get this, and I appreciate that there is like a whole logic. All my seafaring ancestors that traveled through around the country or around the world appreciate yeah. it. But like, I this is why we were landlocked for a while,
0: um, right? 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 The um,
2: well, you know that you uh, know the, Saint Brendan is the patron saint of navigation, so I am specifically uh, endowed with with knowledge as of how this works from my name.
1: Oh, i knew yeah, we, we don't need to
2: know i, knew, I knew you were
0: was. the man for this job brendan but i, I don't know why all right so and, and the other I, also, thing
2: is like, I also ta'd admiralty in um in law school is that true you did maritime law
0: my uncle is a maritime lawyer he was like a navy a navy officer and then he became a maritime lawyer
2: yeah there's like and, jobs in it like i would love to, it would be the coolest thing to practice but
0: I think there are real jobs in but I think there are very few of them because yeah, I
2: <laughs> very few have to, like uh, I think there's like maybe a handful of firms throughout the country. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um I mean and you're just like you know you move to New York or you move to San Diego or you move to like LA or I don't know Newport, Newport <laughs> Right. You, Newport, there's not a lot of maritime Newport. law in Cleveland. Well, I mean there's a bunch of Connecticut cases but like they're from you know, the seventeen hundreds when it <laughs> was a, a oh, it's right, in right.
1: And out of
0: maritime law. Well, you know, like the Supreme Court isn't arguing like jet ski versus yacht, you know, whatever uh, the fucking case would be.
2: Oh, oh, I could go on about that. Um, okay, I didn't
0: know I was poking the hornet's nest. Um,
2: <laughs> no well it's not a hornet's nest, it's uh right. um a juicy tomato.
0: Ooh, okay, yeah. Let's poke at it then.
2: Oh, I, I mean, there's the the, the, the cases are about stuff like that because um, oh, okay, so so admiralty is like a separate species of law to some extent where, um, like theories of liability are different than in regular like tort law. Okay, and, um, so it's kind of a, so it's an interesting thing if you're into if you're into federal courts because you're trying to get admiralty jurisdiction because you're trying to prove that the thing took place in admiralty like it took place on a boat um or yeah. the person who is involved in the the lawsuit um who's like the plaintiff is a seaman yeah um, and if you're a Jones Act seaman you're entitled to all sorts of um benefits under employment law that you wouldn't normally be uh able to get like through workers comp and stuff like that so yeah um it's a it it's cool cuz it's um you, you know to try trying to prove that something is is admiralty um so you can get federal jurisdiction um is a whole the whole world of it um yeah normal lawyers don't ever consider cuz it why would it ever come up but it right. come up literally because like a jet ski crashes into somebody's like sailboat or something like that oh
0: okay yeah, I when I I used to take the ferry when I worked in um, I worked in the uh, financial district of Manhattan. I used to take the ferry from the financial district to Hoboken, and in the summertime it was great in the port of New York, cause uh, there'd always be like rando yuppie guys on jet skis. What? Which you never, yeah, you never think of that about that, but yeah, there's like twenty guys on jet skis outside of Manhattan like every day, and it, you know it makes sense like in the Hudson or the whatever, and. Just say like, you know, a hot day in New York. Yeah, it looks really fucking super fun. But you know, there's like a million ferries, a million tugboats, and these guys are clearly not you know 100 percent sober. And the, you know, so like the uh, what what do you call the water police? Uh, the the not the water coast right. guard. Yeah, water police has to come Harbor, over. And Harbor like, Patrol? what's that?
1: Was it Harbor Patrol in New York?
0: Something like that. But they have to come over, and they have to like hassle the fucking jet ski guys. <laughs> it's funny it's like who are they the fucking hell's angels these assholes and like life preservers
1: i mean it reminds me of the beach i would go to in portugal where like the those fuckers would get like way too close to like where people were actually swimming and there's like no like no good way to patrol those assholes
0: right
2: what's the biggest like what's the biggest boat ride you've ever been on
0: like in terms of biggest boat or longest trip both um, that's a good question. I've, you know, I'm not, I th- I think that my boat experience is pretty limited. Like my uncle had a, a couple of boats, like a, I think I had a sailboat, I've been on a couple of times. I've been on obviously canoes and, and things of that nature and ferries. I've, uh, but beyond that, um, not much, not much. How about you?
1: Um, I, I, the long, I'm presuming I was the you or was it Brennan? I'll just go. For the uh, Royal, you
2: go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you, I mean, you
1: other, started. Yeah, finished. Yeah, I think I was on a this one ship out in Portugal. where we did like this river tour of the Douro along the along the river that transports the historic river that would transport all the like grapes and wineries, all the grapes mm-hmm. to the wineries. So, like that was like a yeah. three or four hour trip, uh, which was. Interesting because we also had on board where like all these like Brits that were like um, train spotters. So anytime a train would appear on the like on the sides, it uh, yeah. would like was- go all go wild. They'd all go wild and like start shouting out what kind of train it was. Um, I think that's the longest I've ever been on. And then the most interesting was going on to a, uh, a boat that a, a friend actually, no, one of my favorites was actually going on to someone's houseboat that they had traveled. Yeah the world they had circumnavigated the world over like the course of, I think 10 years with their family. Like they took their kids out of school, the two kids and had another kid while they were like circumnavigating the world. Wow.
0: Well, how about you, Brandon?
2: I mean, I've been on a couple of cruises. Really? Yeah. uh, Like with my parents. um, Oh, okay. Although the last of which I was like, I opted to go into, I think I was like 20. I went on a cruise with my parents.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's a big boat, you know. (laughs) Where'd you go? I went to Bermuda once. Okay. I went to Cozumel once.
0: All right, all right.
2: And then one time to like St. Thomas.
0: So did you feel the romance of the open sea, like while you're on the cruise? Like it sounds like you have actually the most sea experience of the three of us.
2: Well, I've, I've also, I mean, so so I mean, cruise ships are are you know floating hotels yeah, yeah yeah so it's i mean but they're t- totally boats i mean everything's a, you know like once you like leave the 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 nightclub or the um buffet or whatever i mean
0: the discotheca
2: still boats yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you know you, wander around or, you know the doors are weird and they lock and they seal and you, you wander outside and there's you know giant you know um you yeah. know there's there's smoke stack you know everything's boat on them but um
0: yeah
2: and that was and um the the longest non-cruise i think ever i I took the ferry from um i guess the southeastern part of newfoundland to new brunswick okay that's like uh i think a 30 hour ferry ride
1: oh wow 30 hour
2: i think think it's, it's, it's about it's about that wow wow um, the other one's like, I think, 18 Hours, the one that goes to the western side of Newfoundland. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's like, I mean, you're out in like the North Atlantic and that's pretty like you don't go outside on that boat much because it's right. Like, right, our, right. This was August and it was cold as hell and it was rainy. Yeah. And it was windy and it was gross. And, yeah. you know, it was not, it was, it, you know, it was not like cruising through the Caribbean. Like that, that was like a utilitarian. Um,
0: right, right. Boat.
2: And it, and um, it's cool. I mean, being um, out in the ocean with the only thing you can see is ocean is yeah. It's a, I mean it's a, it's you know it's close to like being in like space as you're gonna get um, terrestrially.
0: Yeah, um, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe if you're,
2: I think it's cool. Like imagine
0: if you will a science fiction scenario wherein there's this uh, very communicable disease wherein everybody's sort of isolated in their homes and. You don't believe yeah. really leave too much and we just communicate uh, and so forth.
1: Never happened to That's such far-fetched imagination.
0: I know what you're saying, Brandon, and that's, I mean, it's interesting and that's kind of like, I'm of two, uh, I'm, I'm torn on this because like, I do think like being on a boat would be fun. Cause there's like this, it's a unique experience and you're, you're surrounded by death at every turn in mm-hmm. a way, but also it's kind of fascinating and it's exotic and, it's interesting, but it's, it also seems like fucking boring. Like it's, it's funny watching like master and commander. Cause like, they really kind of sell you on being on a boat. Like whenever the weather changes, it's like, <laughs> the guys have like a weather party, you know, like the, Hey, it's raining. We're going to get out the buckets and get water. Hey, it's snowing. We're going to do a snowball fight. Hey, it's sunny. We're going to go sunbathe. Like it was really weird. They really wanted you to feel like, like sell you on the fun of being on a, on yeah, a, I,
2: I was already sold before. I okay. But I, I mean, I also like the meditativeness of like a long car ride or a long yeah. bike, ride or a long walk. Like I, right, yeah, I like being in motion and alone with my thoughts. Yeah, but okay. here's the thing with
1: that with that ship on Master and Commander, especially like you're not yeah. going to be alone with your own thoughts. I mean, no. I really like that scene about the <laughs> the the Jonah there, uh Holland, Holland or whatever. Like, yeah, the poor dude. Like the reason he flips out and goes suicidal is because he can't be left alone he can't be alone because all he hears is this, like he's constantly in their face. Like he can't get away from these people. Like if he had the opportunity to like maybe move to a different part of the ship, like on a cruise, maybe, or even like the longer frigate that they were chasing, maybe he wouldn't have had to be so suicidal. But at the same time, that was uh, Ah, that. like they're still on top of each other, which I think is a great way that they, they showed that in the film, like how much it was so cramped.
2: Stuck with other people too. Like there's like, there's a limited number of um, of rooms on a ferry, so like 30 hours on a, it, It's like being on an airplane.
0: How did you sleep on the ferry?
2: Yeah, I kick my, kick my feet up, and the, the the chairs are big, and yeah. they kind of recline like an airplane. So you
0: just yeah. Sleep. Well, I watched I this documentary with where Michael Palin went to, um, you know, the Monty Python guy. He went to Brazil for some my like, travel documentary and he went on a, a ferry, a long ferry like that in Brazil and it was like in in Master and Commander, like everybody slept in um what do you call them uh, those those cloth things, the hammocks, um, hammocks. everybody slept in, sleeps in hammocks like in a, on 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 the boat. and it's like you know like a hundred hammocks in a room. like it's just cramped like with hammocks and everything but like with the rocking of the ship, it's very gentle, allegedly. It's very easy to fall asleep. But it's like being in that kind of open air and sleeping there. I think would just, to me, that's a, that's a nightmare. Uh, as As a guy who snores,
1: oh, that would that would hate that. I would hate ever being anywhere near you, dude. With
0: that point, yeah. Out.
2: Well, can you have you ever have you ever slept in a hammock?
0: I actually have not.
2: Neither I, have I. I, I don't. Like I have a camping hammock. It's it's pretty nice.
0: Is it? Yeah. All right. And I fall asleep pretty easily. I, I guess. Like I'm pretty. I could be pretty comfortable in most
2: oh, situations. I, I, I'm an extremely light sleeper. Like, I'll fall asleep, but it yeah. wakes me up. Like, I, I sleep, I wake up dozens of times a night. Right,
0: right. Yeah. Right. Uh,
1: here's, here's, I've like, not only have fallen asleep on, on trains, I once fell asleep at the Met. Like,
0: the, the museum? <laughs> the museum.
1: To be fair, really? to be fair, I had stayed up, I had pulled an all nighter in college. And uh, I had gotten slightly sick. So by the time I got to the Met and we were touring the Met and we've been walking around all day in New York or whatever. So like, I just kind of like sat down on a bench outside somewhere in a Met and like fell asleep. Like my friends put a little like sign next to me saying I wasn't a work of art. So, which that's also insulting.
0: Um, Speaking of things that are not works of art. I really, uh, I was reminded of how much I like Russell Crowe by watching this movie and uh just to get back to helder earlier you said that like you thought maybe the failure of this you know the box office failure maybe took a little bit of the shine off of him also i think that his public altercations oh that were, yeah i think like him like throwing phones at people and stuff that was subsequently parodied on south park i think that did more than fucking <laughs> a master and commander
2: it did pre-stage um amy klobuchar <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah yeah i, but I really like I was watching this and I'm like, all right, so he threw a phone, so, like, you know, whatever. He's, they call him in a bad, you know, whatever. He's, everybody gets mad sometimes. You know, I mean, it's
1: not like Alec Baldwin, Jesus Christ. And he's uh, has- like, yeah,
0: it's not like, yeah, I mean, you can compare him to whatever. But also, I was like watching him. It's like, he's such an interesting movie star because he's so, like, he's so fucking, like, sweaty. Yeah. And like, and like, <laughs> as an alcohol bloat. And he's kind of like not that good looking. But then, like, at the end, when he's like, the action scene, like, you see him, like, jump onto the ship. And he looks so convincing there. I'm like, oh yeah. Or the whole movie too. Like he just has so much fucking presence I, and charisma. I'm glad you
1: brought that up, um, Adam. Because like one of the scenes that really just nailed to, like just like really sunk home, like how great of an actor Russell Crowe is a really good actor. Like I, like Grant, like, like aside from all the bullshit, like that you just brought, like not bullshit that you brought up, but just like the the fact that like the outside stuff that he brings up that has been associated with russell crowe like there's that really nuanced scene where he's like he brings the book to he's like so protective of the little of the little kid that loses his arm and like there's you can see on his face when he's like really concerned And, and he does so much like emoting just like visually and like with facial cues not having to like say things and then like feeling like um responsible for this kid that you know has just lost his arm and like gonna change his life because of that because yeah. he wanted to be a, a sailor and he you know with one arm is not gonna be able to do that in that era yeah. um but even like you know the way he like the way he's able to portray the character as both caring, strict um stern disciplined and then there's I'm like blindly
0: obedient to the hated British Empire, giving him a goddamn <laughs> book by Nelson. <laughs>
2: no. Actually, I—I I mean, Helder's point is really well taken because it's, true, it's them, true, especially about that scene that I thought was really good. Was that at the sort of denouement of that scene? There's an awkwardness because he doesn't yeah. know what the hell to say because he's like, right, because yeah, because of me, you twelve-year-old, you've lost your arm,
0: yeah, I feel absolutely
2: because like of it, and I can't say it to you because I don't want to show weakness or whatever. Right. Like, All right, well. I guess buck up, champ. I gotta go.
0: I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll I get him, him next time.
2: Tell you this. So uh, enjoy the book. Gotta go. Yeah, and yeah. Acted, acted that so convincingly. Um, yeah, it's one of probably the best scenes of the movie. Really. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 These cool boats and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, he like that was really good. That was excellent.
1: And
0: it's yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He feels for every character he has an interaction with. Even like the respect he he bestows upon the, the quote unquote dead French captain, like that scene where he like shows up there and it's and again, like he's very quiet. He doesn't say much, but there's so much like nuanced, like non-communication that happens through yeah. like just physicality that, that he bestows. And, you know, same thing with the, the people that the other actors in that room, but like just looks that he gives, I mean, like, it's weird because I, I do actually really like Russell Crowe. I think he ex- he is a really great actor. He, you yeah. know, fortunately, there's that period where he does get shit upon. But I just recently
0: watched. Um, I like that he's in the Wu Tang Clan movie. The, yes. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh The Man with the Iron Fist. But yeah, he, I didn't so, see it. I was like, yeah, Russell Crowe is But the one I was going to bring up is The Nice Guys by. Oh, Sh- that
0: movie I, rules. That movie fucking rules.
1: Exactly. Like, he, yeah. it, I kind of like. It's almost I love how fat he is in
0: that movie.
1: Exactly. Like he's just so and like I love that they build it like and again, this is actually more just about Shane Black as well, like being a great storyteller and filmmaker. That like you're expecting the fat, like Russell Crowe to be the doofus, but in fact he's like totally on point. He knows like his shit as like the heavy that he is, quote, you know, unintended. Whereas like the good looking, like um Fucking, what's his face there? Uh, whatever, Ryan name. Whatever. Yeah, pr- pretty boy there. He's like the total doofus, and, and you know credit to him for also like playing that role as excellently as he did. But like Russell Crowe just sells that movie so well, and it,
0: yeah, it, I think the fucking bowling ball he's carrying around in his stomach sells that movie. I, I like that movie a lot, Brendan. If you haven't seen it, it's really good.
2: I, I don't think I have. No, it's a really uh, great, nice like, guy. Nice, uh, it's so like, a, like
0: a like a seventies like LA kind of. Detective Noir, very like funky and fast. It's good. Yeah. It's it, nothing like Master and commander <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that he, Healy might be the like descendant of Jack uh, uh of Captain Jack. Like he's the uh the like descendant that fell on hard times, you know. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, yeah.
2: Um this is the dumb question. Amara says hi,
0: Brendan, by the
1: way.
2: Um oh, what about chop liver? Did uh yeah. um, did Master yeah, commander come out before or after a beautiful mind?
1: After. after, yeah,
2: uh-huh. and, then, okay.
1: and speaking of like, but then almost immediately after Master Commander was his other Oscar-nominated bit, which was Cinderella Man, and then the other really great movie that he's in, is also
0: the name of one of Eminem's worst songs. Oh Jesus!
1: Is Three Ten to Yuma the remake where he's really good in that? With with
0: that's, that's a good movie, detail.
1: Yeah, and again, Elmore Leonard thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's that horrible Robin Hood with freaking I haven't well I haven't seen it. It just seemed like it was going to be bad. I've
0: never seen it, but yeah. Rip- but no, he's Robin interesting because he's like he's like has this bloated thing to his face, and he's like, and he he has like Kristen Wiggs hair in this movie, which I was laughing at.
1: <laughs> like all the freaking wigs in that movie were just. <laughs> all
0: right, we have a cameo. Oh,
3: say hello. Hi. Hello. Whoa. Where's your picture?
0: Oh, there's no picture, it's all sound.
3: Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah. It's radio. It What's really going cool, on?
3: We're talking about boats and ships. Oh, yeah. is he on a boat? Are you on a boat?
1: I wish I were on a boat. That would be fun.
3: Yeah, and you would be calling from the from the middle of the ocean.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably I, sure.
2: It would be very I, it would be very Ricky Tenenbaum. I
3: actually have, have an idea. For, for another, for another, in another century, I can probably make a giant boat that that we can fit houses in, and and we could put a TV in it, one one room. If they be really bad, and then then they'd have to go in a little room. What the
0: TV?
3: No. A kid, oh, if they were that okay. in in the in the boat, daddy. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs>
2: so they definitely, then, they definitely uh, have boats that are big enough that you could fit a house in.
3: Well, oh, I would make it big enough, even as big as New York City.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, see that's a huge boat there.
2: Yeah, those. those
3: yeah. and I'd probably fit like a city <laughs> in there. <laughs> a
2: city on the boat? <laughs>
3: no, I'd put like a few houses on there. Oh wow! So so I could get too to have like a lot of people to play with mm-hmm. and there'd even be a section where, where boys and girls could play with. Oh, wow. and, and they'd even have their own house and robots if they if they're really super duper good.
0: They have their own robots?
3: In their own oh, house robot. one day. Oh, wow. And they'd get they would be huge on the inside but it'd be small on the outside. Who would be the captain? <laughs> Me, of course. You? <laughs>
0: Whoa! Yeah. And what would be your first? Oh, I have the thing on the microphone. So. One,
3: two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Testing, testing. <laughs> well,
0: sweetie, we've been talking for almost an hour. I, I, we don't. We.
3: No, I'm just doing that for fun. All right,
0: that's fine. <laughs> uh, not right now, sweetie.
3: Mm. Well, why? Are you, mm, hello, hello, hello.
1: Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> mm.
3: I just played that as a joke. I thought you would get it, it but I guess you don't. <laughs> very
0: all right, can you say goodbye to the nice people? You can mm-hmm. put on the headphones if you want.
3: You mean the next, the nice guy?
0: The nice guy? Well, there are two guys. Well, two of us. Well, so oh. that would make us nice guys.
3: <laughs> okay. It
1: all comes through <laughs> the right
0: now. Mm. One of them you've, you've met. Who? <laughs> Well, you know the picture of you as a baby upstairs? Mm -hmm. That's in the kitchen? That was taken at uh, my friend Brendan's wedding. Oh, Agatha,
2: you've actually... Agatha, you've been to my house.
3: I don't remember that. I I can't remember stuff lately.
2: You came to Cedric's birthday party a couple uh, years
3: ago. I don't remember that. But I do remember some... I think I remember you guys... One of your voices. Oh well, you um,
2: you <laughs> were well, And it's little easier little, to understand. You remember a lot of rocks and tree bark around the backyard.
3: I don't remember that at all. Okay. Oh yeah, you all the
0: rocks in the backyard.
3: You were like, you're like three, I think. Three. I don't know. I think that I would totally forget. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, that's uh, possible. But I, remember... I, really, um, I re- you were hanging out by the shed in the in the backyard by the. By the stone wall and the maple tree.
0: Yeah. Oh, she's gone. Okay. She's te- not? Are you not? She's stealing my um my evil eye and my guitar capo. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. She's she's. All right. So master and commander. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Let's talk about the Twitter thing, which I thought was very, like that's that was kind of the genesis of this. It's kind yeah. of like yeah yeah. Yeah. So uh Helder, I think you have the best handle on this thing. Why don't you set it up? Uh,
1: <clears throat> excuse me. So the one thing I recall, I don't remember who the yeah. guy was that, like, posted it. But basically he said, so I have a – I just started watching Master and Commander, and about 10 minutes into it, I fell asleep, and therefore this is your, your remedy for insomnia. Yeah. And uh, I-, I think he – I don't know if he tagged Russell Crowe. I think he did tag Russell Crowe, and Russell Crowe responded with like, you know, this is the problem with um, young people today. Which uh, parentheses
0: that dude was not that young looking in his Twitter profile. That guy was no, it, that guy was four years older than Russell Crowe. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I found that guy is fucking um, Ringo G- Ringo Starr's guitar player. Oh
1: shit! Really? Uh, yeah, he's
0: not a, he's not a spring chicken.
1: No, not, I, yeah, I noticed that. I noticed well, that for his no, Twitter profile. Sure
2: Russell Crowe's tweet says "kids today."
1: Right, and that's what he said. because yeah. that's what Russell Crowe said. He like responded with "kids today." I don't understand. So, I mean, a like that's a great like little diss on uh on Russell or from Russell to like diss him diss him that way. But like, yeah, he. Russell Crowe just like came in and like, kind of like supported the movie and then every, he didn't even have to. Cause like everyone else was just like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like it's, that's where like what Brendan's been talking about uh, offline. when we were discussing this earlier about like how so many people jumped to the defense of master and commander to like support it. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't vi- do it then, but like, I think I reached out to you to be like, Hey, this would be a great idea to like discuss because yeah, yeah, yeah. Brendan chimed in that he had just seen it. Um,
2: so like, I saw it. I saw it when Russell Crowe tweeted that. That was when I was watching the movie. That's what's so funny. Oh, really? That's even better. <laughs> I didn't and I, realize that. I mean, and I will say the movie was so engaging. Like I didn't have like my phone was like not present. Like I said, like, this movie rules. I'm loving this shit.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, no. and
2: as I am like just just like zone, like you know, my mind meld with my television set. Um yeah. Is is having to defend the honor of this movie that I'm enjoying so much and like yeah, it was awesome. Like like next thing <laughs> that
0: well, what what are, why did you seek the movie out?
2: Because uh, of Twitter, Um because really? like yeah, no
0: Oh oh, I see.
2: So there is. I mean that that love of like Master and Commander. Um, I've seen like a lot of people say that it's like oh, it's really good, and I'm like, well, yeah. all right, I guess I should. Watch this movie, like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like set a date. Like I was like, <laughs> asking, like where I could stream it, um, or if, yeah. like, I'd ask to like buy the DVD off of eBay or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I found it on Amazon. It's like, all right, well, I'll watch yeah, it. yeah. I
0: was <laughs> delighted to see it was on Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah, I
2: was, I was psyched because I, I would have bought it, but like I wanted to like Saturday night. Yeah, it's it's. and it, In fact, it, what's what's funny about it is I um. I like really got into the zone because i had to go grocery shopping so yeah. i went out about uh I, I was trying to hit stop i was like hitting stop and shop before it closed mm-hmm. um and then i went for like an intense drive through heartland um to like really like you know drain extraneous thoughts um <laughs> and then i returned like unloaded yeah and it was, it was a little shopping trip i was like, it was like picking up like milk and berries um and bacon yeah. and like i was like mm-hmm. for it. like everyone going to sleep right put the groceries away put it on yeah. flip the phone over and then like watch master and commander and and, and it like <laughs> it was every bit as good as all the people who say that it like it worked it was it worked. Like, yeah what a great night and i went to bed at like three o'clock in the morning and you know, nice. <laughs> <laughs> hours long.
0: so i've been a little i've been a little dismissive of the movie do you think i'm being unfair to it
1: I don't think you've been dismissive. You've actually been very complimentary of the movie. Right. You no, know, yeah. I, I think you're being very fair to it. No, um, the
2: movies, what, I think one of the things about the movie that works is that the movie is not as self-serious as, like, the title is.
0: Yeah. Right, yeah, absolutely true.
2: And I
1: think, the, you know, to be fair to promotion, I think that it was a tough movie to promote at the time. It's The title is super long, and I remember that being, like, people just kind of mocking that in a way at the time. Um, And I don't, you know, you know, I'm trying to remember what like 2003 was like. I mean, we already have this epic freaking Lord of the Rings shit happening. Um, And to be quite honest, like I actually appreciate master commander more than those movies because it's so real. It's so based in like actual stuff. um, Right. So, so visceral.
0: Right. And to be fair, the Lord of the Rings movies are dog shit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i mean i found yeah. them enjoyable when i watched them the first time so i haven't watched i'm not one of these religious like uh acolytes watching it over and over as much as i love peter jackson i actually prefer smaller yeah. films um
2: but i mean i, I, I hate them it. but Brandon,
0: where are you on the lord yeah. of the rings movies?
2: oh i i don't like any of them i think they're intensely boring
0: thank you thank you um <laughs> I think the
1: memes are, are the best part about them. After
2: actually, well, so well, So in in terms of context, in contextualizing the movie, um, yeah. you know, so so I'm, I have Wikipedia up right now. Uh, released November, <laughs> November November fourteenth, twenty thirteen. So yeah. we are uh, that would be eight eight months into the war in Iraq. Um, yeah, getting near the end of ter- like first term of bush
1: right yeah
2: and then this movie like i can't i can't fit it into that era as like it it it, it being remotely responsive to the Mm, culture of that time which is what you're right it's not an easy fit
0: like like you can say like the lord of the rings movies i think those got a huge boost out of 9-11 yeah because it's yeah like it seems like in the shadow of 9-11 those movies People are ready to embrace those movies, you know, because
1: they're like fictional. They're not, you know, there's no reality to them. Um, yeah,
2: and, and, really, and they're, 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 like straight good evil kind of stuff, and yes, that was right. That was exactly. that theme of 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 you know that was the theme of of wars during that era.
1: And Master Commander yeah. is like it's it's very yeah, there's no rollback.
0: CIA or... the
1: water. It's very dry, um, and also like like I said like earlier. Uh, yeah. Russell Crowe's coming off of Gladiator in two thousand, and then he does—I yeah. don't know what of life was. He does beautiful. I, I
0: did a friend of mine earlier today, and we and and we both agree that mostly we remember Gladiator because of references to it on The Sopranos. I don't actually remember fucking Gladiator at all, but I remember uh, the one character on The Sopranos who would take too much coke and quote Gladiator.
1: I watched it once on a very small TV, which is probably not the way to watch it. I have. Uh, <laughs> One,
0: I was gonna joke that I, I watched uh, Master Commander the way Peter Weir intended on my iPhone.
1: Nice. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're, you're thinking of uh, Christopher Nolan, the other Imperial. <laughs> That's why
0: how I watched Ted. Uh, <laughs> I
1: haven't seen that.
0: I've only heard bad things. I haven't watched
1: Ted. Oh, dude, wait till my review comes out, uh, <clears throat> which I don't even feel like putting out because it's such a boring shit. Um,
0: yeah, no, but Brendan, you're right. Like, th- there's no, it doesn't fit into 2003. There's like, there's no cultural reason for it. And there's no, like, there's not a Bush era film and there's nothing about it that like, kind of taps into collective anxiety or any kind of like desire for propaganda or anything like that. Really? And I was just also- the whole time they were on
1: that ship during that fucking storm. That storm was like driving me up the wall with anxiety, even the second time going through it. I'm like, that's, right. that is the reason I don't get on boats.
0: Is that storm. right?
2: Oh see, I didn't mind it. I was like, they're just gonna turn into the wind, it's gonna work out.
0: Yeah. I, I like because again, like the off the mask.
2: I had faith in um in 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 uh in Captain Aubrey's like ability to do it. It's yeah. It's well have you ever seen um oh
1: The Perfect uh, Storm. Yeah, that one also yeah. like me you off know, being on
0: boats.
2: No, no, um what the hell is the name of the movie? Uh um, The Rats
0: of Him uh star wars
2: no 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 it's a, it's a boat movie it and there's two there's Titanic. Um,
1: the poseidon adventure no
2: no no not a storm um perfect storm no no it's not that one it's a different one okay. uh, <laughs> uh happy
0: uh, ha- happy
1: gilmore jaws okay. jaws they're on a boat in jaws
2: the k mutiny
0: oh no i've never seen the k mutiny <laughs> Oh. I've seen parts of it actually. I've <laughs> seen the, like Gene Hackman and Michael Caine okay, are in, and they have the joke about right. it in, uh, yeah,
1: I, the, I,
2: I saw the Caine Mutiny in. We watched it in Admiralty in law school. Uh, really? Yeah. And then there's the tr- so shit up. I am not making this up at all. <laughs> it's like uh,
0: uh it's always something in Philadelphia when Charlie talks about bird law.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I know it's like that, and that's why I'm like i can't watch that show because they're making fun of something that actually like, i like obscure stuff and i think it's hurtful
0: yeah <laughs> it's a good show <laughs> um, but yeah i understand because like yeah like every time he talks about bird law i flash to maritime law
1: no too.
2: and bird, well, yeah, bird I always development, there's so. um uh what's uh uh there's a migratory bur- a bird act case um
1: the pigeon that just went to australia
2: uh, what is it? Uh, some somebody versus Minnesota? I think I can't case remember. of goose
0: versus gander.
2: Um, <laughs> no, there are bird law cases, and they're like legitimate things about interstate commerce. So I'm like, this. Yeah. Is-. Yeah, yeah, So, um, so I um, I've never like. It. There really is bird law. Yeah, it's a real thing. Um, <laughs> oh no! Army- no I, really know. Have to deal.
0: <laughs> I thought it was like an absurd, great joke.
2: No, no, I don't like. It's same thing as like uh, Arrested Development, where like. We're, when you make fun of things that really exist as if they don't exist, I can't yeah. stand that. Like, um, Brendan, oh, Brendan, I
1: have to tell you this, buddy. That was the last four years where we don't even know what satire was and what the actual Trump administration was.
2: No, Trump administration was extremely funny.
0: Yeah, they're very funny. Yeah, I'm gonna. I miss Trump actually. I, I, like I generally kind of no, like, Trump.
2: Trump being back on Twitter would be great i mean i agree I'll, I'll, I'll
1: let you guys have that part like that's not
0: that I, would be so fucking fun like think about him being like just i don't know because because he, he would be just back at his like bullshit you know he doesn't have anything specific to talk about now just be like rosie o'donnell that nasty woman you know it'd be
1: fun and, then,
2: like, and he'd be like riffing on some kind of like thing that biden is doing is if he understands
1: yeah. how the government <laughs> here's the thing once he's actually once he's you know? once he's tried and impeached and he no longer has any like of our tax money going into him, fine. Give him all the Twitter you want so I can get all of that. Until then,
0: I don't want to freaking see that douche nozzle again. Well, you don't have to. I mean, that's the thing. Like, like I'm not a Trump fan. I don't like him. But the, the way a lot of people complain about him, I feel like 90% of your problem with him could have been solved by not watching TV for a while. Oh, I agree. You know, like, I but yeah. that's the thing. Like, I didn't watch him. I muted him. I would still see the freaking
1: tweets pop up, and it's like every day. It's like, what is this trending thing? It's like, oh fuck me. It's, of course, it's about him. Um, sorry, but I'm not going to take away from that. You guys have that enjoyment of uh, following
2: that. Yeah. Why don't? Well, I mean, need to follow him is or not yeah. like- I
0: never followed him on Twitter, man. Oh, no. Sure.
2: But I, I can appreciate like the obs- when Trump would riff on something. Yeah. It would be, I mean, he's he, you know, him being an evil, horrible person, but he would riff on something, and it would be funny.
0: I mean, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It would be, you know, uh, that like, you know, would he like was tr- making fun of like the report, like when he was on the campaign trail, twenty fifteen or sixteen, and he's like making fun of the report. No, that's not funny. And no, no, he would try not to, like, he would just be like talking about some like, some kind of obscure. You know, come on, I don't want to go out like Chera is yeah yeah it's hilarious hilarious
0: yeah yeah or when he was talking about like uh john mccain he's like no i like pilots that don't crash their planes
2: yeah <laughs> it's like yeah fuck yeah dude and i i don't like john mccain john mccain's a bad guy. i know it's to bomb every single country in the middle east
0: <laughs> yes yeah he was and but there was like this can we also get rid of her and, and not have to listen to her anymore yeah she sucks too but yeah, there's like know. a feeling yeah, she sucks too. But there's a feeling that you couldn't like insult John McCain, like everybody oh, yeah, likes yeah. him, and that he's you know he, if you did that, you'd be ruined in politics. And then Trump just like bulldozed over that yeah. that presumption, which was beautiful in a way. And that's the thing I, I actually really appreciated about him is that he bulldozed over all these like assumptions and showed the lie of all these institutions. I mean, they're going to try to rebuild all these things under Biden, and it's going to seem weird, you know. Like you know, we're going to try yeah, to make it
2: super fragile is the thing. Yeah. I mean, fragile, I mean, remember, yeah. I mean, Trump attacking um, Ted Cruz because his dad killed Link, um killed JFK.
0: Yeah, or was the Zodiac killer? I mean, yeah, all this I, weird.
2: I don't bullshit. know. Who knows? But that was like. That's, know, that actually
1: was one of the best things he did. Like that. Like his insulting of Ted Cruz only because the payoff of like Ted Cruz sucking his cock the rest of the four years up until yeah. he even. this month that is amazing that like you you're he called out your dad for trying to assassinate JFK whether he did or not called your wife ugly you got referred to as like a (laughs) Zodiac killer and somehow you're still gonna just like go up and give this guy a French tickler like what the hell
0: and what can I say dudes rock you know
2: I I, I would Trump said that about like my dad no I wouldn't um I'd say fuck you, man. I, I would yeah. I would not I like I like my dad. I exactly yeah.
0: like I mean well yeah I'd be in the same boat. You know, if he said some if he talks shit about my dad, I'm like, that's it. You know, you know like we're your, done your dad okay.
1: and your wife. Like it's not even like one or it's like, oh, he's yeah. like both. It's like just ridiculous. I
0: like. Know. Yeah, you talk either you know, I mean, whatever. Like you you know say some shit about my dad, like whatever. He's he's gets to be a little goofy, whatever. Talk shit about my wife, yeah, it's fucking we're done. We're not friends anymore. You know, it's never gonna like we're animal we're mortal enemies, you know? Uh yeah,
1: like if we can get off of this topic, let me let me bring back to like a real man, and that is like Russell Crowe. Did you guys ever watch The Quick and the Dead?
0: Uh no, I know what it is. I never see yeah. it. That's,
2: that was actually my that, introduction. You know that, to it? it was so I mean that movie's like from the late mid-90s. Exactly, mid-90s. It's like a, yeah. yeah, a, a. nineteen ninety-eight or something, and I can't remember it. Ninety-five,
1: yeah. yeah. It was a it was a Sam Raimi movie that like Russell Crowe before he was actually famous. Like I think it's even before. Um, I think it's right after Romper Stomper. Yeah, it's after Romper Stomper yeah. in Australia. So this Romper
0: is like his first, is Really good.
1: He's amazing
0: in that. Yeah, he's so he's good. A skinhead, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a skinhead. Yeah. And then, skinhead, and is, yeah. I, I, I just remember it being good. I think, but isn't the other Australian actor from L.A. Confidential in that too?
1: Oh, Guy Pearce.
0: Yeah. Isn't Guy Pearce in that movie?
1: Uh, I'm looking right now. No.
0: Oh, all right. I thought it was like one of those things where it was like they got a two for deal.
1: No. But that's the thing. Like, like Russell Crowe, like in American films, has actually like he's constantly been good. Like he's it, like it's a small role in Quick and the Dead. It's actually like it's totally Sharon Stone's movie. And he is like the kind of uh, MacGuffin of like maybe this is the dude that's going to save everybody. Yeah. But it's not. Like he's. Really- and then I, I apologize in
0: advance for doing this, but Helder, um, uh, he is in the. Uh, no, no, uh, no, nope, 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 nope. go off! I'm winding you up, man. Come oh on, come on. God.
1: Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. So, yeah,
0: come on, dude, do it,
1: dude. As much as I like Russell Crowe and I like him as Jorel, it was completely unnecessary to have Ghost jor and to have like all the backstory of like him on Krypton doing those things. Like, like I don't mind ghost jor for like a couple moments, like Allah Marlon Brando in the original Superman, but like yeah. the whole shit that they put, like, I don't know. It just felt.
0: Well, I really appreciated how much he clearly phoned in that role though. That was, that was pretty fun. I didn't
1: like Marlon Brando phoned in jor Like that's the thing with jor You're just going to phone it in. Cause you're supposed to be fucking yeah. dead.
0: Yeah. It was interesting in that, re- in that respect. I like, I like the scenes where they, we're throwing each other around, you know, like the alien Superman fighting each other. Yeah, um, yeah. That was very good. And and the, just like Russell Crowe kind of retaining his dignity by phoning it in. That's the, those are two things I think I liked about that movie. Like
1: the one.
0: <sighs> but, okay, let's, <sighs> stop. let's stop. I don't want to talk about anymore.
1: Just one thing, because I really do like, uh, just because we're on that. I do like Henry Cavill. No, he's great. great. Michael She's no, is great. Oh, Henry Cavill could have been like... The reason he, sucked no, he sucks. I don't want to talk script. about this. That's bad
2: directing. Move on. All, right. All
0: right, let's move on.
2: You, you, got the, All right. you got the wrong guy to talk about superhero moves, movies. I know. Four. Let's get back to Master and Commander. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, no, I know... Brendan. you don't watch any superhero movies, right? Like You don't watch movies.
2: I watch movies, but I do not watch superhero movies. They... Okay. They... I have... I mean, I saw like Guardians of the Galaxy. I think I've seen. Yeah. I don't know Ant Man or something. Is that a movie?
0: Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, it was. a movie. Has, like, um, uh, what's his face? The guy from the state. Paul Rudd. Yeah.
0: What's Paul Rudd's not in the state? You no, know, he's not. No, what's the one?
2: Um. What's the one Paul Rudd's in? Yeah, as
0: yeah. yeah. he wasn't yeah. in the state though.
1: I think he's just associated oh. with everyone from the state because he was in... Uh, a- he, oh,
0: no, he was in... Um, what happened no, in the summer. No, in the tent. he's
2: in Stella.
0: No, he's not in Stella.
2: He's not Stella.
1: Mm. Maybe when he has I like a cameo on. No, that's Michael Ian Black and uh, Michael, Michael Showalter and I forget who the third one is in, in Stella.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: what I was thinking uh, but Paul Re- I don't know. Paul Rudd. Re- friends Re- with
1: them, so maybe that's. Yeah, your...
2: Paul friends with him. He's got to be in some of the skits, and it must be the skit that I like.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think yeah. you're right. I mean, it's
2: yeah. a good. Ant-Man's a fun movie. Like that's yeah, I what know, really know. like. I, 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 I like that. I I have yet to find a superhero movie, with the exception of a couple Batman movies that I ever liked. Yeah, well, yeah. we already did the Batman stuff. I know. I I I just listened to to your to your guys <laughs> Batman show. Um. I thought it was. Oh good. yeah, we did
0: a Batman show.
2: Yeah, we did good. a Burton show. <laughs> it was a Burton. Oh right, we, show. we, we touched on it was Batman. Batman. Was that? There was a lot of Batman. Was Batman.
0: there? I thought there was like a, <laughs> I was like a limited amount of
2: Batman. No, was a lot of Batman. It was a I think lot. The of first half was Batman. <laughs> uh, oh no. There was a lot of Batman, and it was a lot of trashing of Ed Wood. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah that, that you was liked Ed Wood. I liked Ed Wood. No, but like you no know, Help <laughs> kind of conceited. you're like, well, uh, okay, you make a good
1: point. Yeah, like I, I mean, there's me conceding that there's like there are some problems with the movie, but it's like I still I still feel that's his best movie.
0: <laughs> well, I'm very true. Brendan, I'm very persuasive and charismatic and you I you make are, good arguments.
1: You 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 are you are a um I was also really drunk by that point, probably. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm drinking rum by the way to like sell I'm I'm drinking Jamaican rum to like discuss
2: sailing in the Caribbean (laughs) I bought some I I had a I I made myself a daiquiri which is the opposite of what you drink on um, on on the uh, HMS surprise but um, I'm
0: drinking a beer uh, called Forgotten Boardwalk which that's relatively C that's some C stuff in it I
2: was like my
1: I don't know what my family in Brazil drinks because otherwise I would have drank that
0: but. Yeah, but oh yeah, just just as an aside, um, so I split that our Burton thing into two parts, and for some reason, like the second part was like three times more popular than the first one. Oh, I don't really? know why. Yeah, I was I was like, I don't even because I just arbitrarily cut it in half too. It doesn't even really make sense. I was like, no, we talked for, like two hours, and you know, I I might as well use all the uh, every part of this buffalo.
1: Oh, I, yeah, no, I. By the way, that was a lot of fun and just like this is being a lot of fun. It's it's great to like talk to you guys on uh, – can we just like – this is a total aside of just being like bros. Um, yeah. We're training- that's what
0: this is all about, man. It's about dudes rocking on the high seas. That's the whole yeah, fucking point of this
1: You know what? And about the death of cinema, like that's what I was kind of getting at with like talking about like how streaming is like, the death of cinema.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah.
1: It's like, uh, you know – not looking the same as, as if you go to a movie even if like nowadays with the projections or what used to be nowadays with projections in a the theater it's like it doesn't feel the same as like going to a real movie theater and, and feel like in like being part of that and i was having a conversation with someone earlier about like you can't feel like you miss like being in a theater like this and watching a big movie like this like master and commander and like experiencing it with like a crowd which is part of the problem of it not like succeeding. Like you couldn't really do that, but like something like a bigger movie where like, there are a lot of people sitting there like watching and laughing or like gasping. Right, yeah. things.
0: That's always, yeah. I mean, being in a, I remember I saw a panic room at a movie theater in, in Brooklyn and a fight broke out. In the beginning of the movie, and that's a good fucking movie. And so uh, everybody was sort of like, "Do we watch the fight or do we watch fucking Jodie Foster? Like, what do we watch it?"
1: Oh my god, that was forrest Whitaker, right? Like he's in that.
0: I don't know. I forget.
2: Actually, you know, it's funny because the, one in the fight. That's what I meant. I've never been a big cinema goer, and yeah. what's funny is that I saw Lord of the Rings <laughs> in the theater. Yeah, and, like. <laughs> Yo this shit sucks and like it was packed like, <laughs> house and people were into it. And I was like, this is this is this is really bull like I'm tired as hell because it I'm yeah. like three and a half hours deep into this like, <laughs> two more